Hello everyone and welcome to episode 302 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Ah, welcome Jeffrey. Thank you. Uh, yes. So, yep. It's been, good to been, be back. Yeah, good to be back. We, we've been a little while since we've had a show. Um, have you had a good holiday? Had a great holiday, yeah. Nice uh, nice and restful. Um, so, uh, yeah, ready to get back into it. And uh, and what beautiful weather we have in Melbourne. If you haven't been to Melbourne, folks, get here. Oh, yeah, come on down. Um, but maybe not for the weather. Although, you know, it is, it is summer here, so it is quite nice. People always think, Alois, that Australia has beautiful weather and, like, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth generally have good weather. Melbourne, I'm not so sure that it's the place to come if you you'd like good weather. Have you looked out the window today, mate? Oh, yeah, they're beautiful today, but you know, you could get yeah. you could and get yes, rain I... one minute and then the hail the next, and then sunshine. It's crazy, Melbourne. It is true. <laughs> anyway, um, now Alois. It's, it, as it's been a while, I've got quite a few good jokes, um, so I'm not really sure uh, which one to tell. Well, um, maybe uh, start with a good one, because uh, we haven't had one for uh, a while, like about 300 shows. So harsh. Now, now, Alois, have I told you the joke about the roof? Uh, no, I don't think you have, Jeff. Uh, don't worry about it. It'd be way over your head anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, <laughs> true to form anyway, Jeff. Yep. Oh, glad to be yeah, back be telling funny jokes, insulting yep. you in the, in the process. It, it's <laughs> all good. <laughs> Love it. Have you got some good ones, though? Way over your head. Now, <laughs> look, people are already laughing too much, Alice. I think it's time to move on to On This Week. On This Week. Well, we got a goodie. Um, so... Yesterday, it was Deng Xiaoping's birthday. Now, Deng Xiaoping, a Chinese woman table tennis player, was an absolute legend in the late 90s. Um, she won the Olympic uh, silver, uh, singles um, in 1992 and 1996 in Barcelona and Atlanta. And, you know, at that stage, she was almost unbeatable. Um, she also won the doubles in Barcelona and Atlanta, so four Olympic um, gold medals. Individual, in the individual event, yeah. That's right. Um, and then at World Championships, she won uh, 91, 95, 97. Um, so, yeah, she was just, just absolutely dominant. And she was under five foot tall, Jeff. So she was so <laughs> short. Um, when, when she first started, um, you know, in the – Chinese program, they just were they were hesitant to put her in the team because they just just thought, no, nah, she's too short to be any good. But uh, she certainly proved everybody wrong. And um, she didn't use just your traditional uh, rubbers, did she? No, she used um, yeah, it was it was normal on the forehand, and um, I'm not sure what she used on the backhand, Jeff. But she used to be just play so close to the table. Um, I suppose because of her reach, you know, she didn't have a big reach, so she she was just able to stay really close to the table. But lightning, lightning movement, and just anything off the bounce was um, 
was so so fast especially yeah on- yeah just an amazing yeah like you said just dominating for her time so if you haven't seen any yeah do a quick google um for deng yaping and watch some footage um amazing stuff indeed very good now alloys it's time for the tournament wrap there's been a few tournaments on since our last show yeah so uh world junior circuit finals just finished um so interesting there because we had a u.s champion in the world junior circuit finals um kanak jar and this uh, is unusual isn't it it is yeah so yeah, good uh, a, a big win for the u.s um, beating um, Manav Thakkar from India. You know, we talk, we've talked a lot last year and probably the year before um, about the rise of India, but uh, but this is fantastic. You know, for Kanak Jar uh, from the US uh, playing uh, Manav Thakkar from India in the final of the World Junior Circuit Finals, um, it's um, yeah a, a big big win for world table tennis. I think. Yeah, certainly. Um, so Kanak, yeah, Kanak won 4-3 in the final. So it was a close one, uh, 11-6 in the seventh. Exciting times. And as you said, Alois, um, India um, up and coming as well um, on the circuit. And so good to see um, they're also having some good junior players. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting. So we've got the Commonwealth Games coming up in April this year as well. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see how India... Uh, fares there but uh, they've certainly built uh, built a good force of players over the last couple of years yes all right and uh what happened in the girls uh in the world yep. junior circuit yeah in the girls it was uh, uh maki shiomi from japan um yeah player that we've seen a little bit before um had a tough one in the semi-finals against diakonu from romania uh, a great young player um beating her 4-3 11-7 in the seventh uh, in the final, she played Supei Ling from Taipei, um, who beat another Japanese player in the semi-final uh, 4-3. So, some yeah, some good uh, good players there. Amy Wang from the US making the last eight, uh, mm-hmm. going down in a in a nail biter, 13-11 in the uh, seventh game. Oh. Uh, Supei Ling, the ultimate finalist. So um, yeah, so Amy Wang as well from the US, uh, giving us a, a a good show. Excellent. Yeah. And then um, on, the, on the senior front, uh, the European Top 12 tournament. So this is, this is a good tournament. I love the European Top 12 because it, um, it uh, well, in, in the past it used to, you know, give, give us a really good look at the next level. But, uh, but now, as we know, Ovcharov number one in the world um, uh, and obviously number one seed for this event, but he wasn't the winner. And mm. the winner was... Timo Boll, our one of our favourites. You know, he, we've we've said, "Geez, this guy's getting old." <laughs> he keeps winning. Evergreen. Um, yeah, so Timo Boll, I think, winning his sixth European Top Twelve event, and in the semi-final, he beat the youngster uh, Vladimir Samsonov. <laughs> uh, so, um, so Samsonov making the semi, but I suppose the surprise packet was Jonathan Groth from uh, Denmark making the semi. So he beat uh, uh, Apollonio from Portugal in the quarter and then Shabaya from um, Russia in the semi. Uh, sorry, in the quarter. Beat uh, Apollonio in the last 16 and uh, Shabaya in the quarters. So, um, yeah, a, a good uh, a good performance by Jonathan Groth. He was the, he was the real standout. Um, but, gee, 
Bolt and Ovtarov, haven't they? The last six months, they've really dominated world table tennis. And, you know, Bol said, well, Ovtarov probably wasn't on his game. Um, he, he had just been on a holiday and probably a well-deserved holiday after after his, um, his tough uh, last six months in 2017. Um, reaching number one, but uh, but Bol was able to uh, clean Ovtarov up 4-0. Um, he said that first game winning 13-11 was important and then won 6-3 and 6. So adding his sixth um, European top 12, and, and Ovtarov was going for his fourth in a row. Wow. Couldn't couldn't um, make it this time. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, and in the women's, a uh, bit of a surprise... Uh, the Romanian Bernadette Sock um, uh, winning the final against the number one seed Lee Gia from uh, from the Netherlands. So Netherlands, um, yeah, again featuring strongly. Um, Lee Gia uh, beat uh, Sabine Winter in the quarters. So Sabine, you know, a, a player that's been um, thereabouts for a, quite a while. Um, and then in the semi, she beat Elisabetta Samara, um, a great left-hander from Romania. Um, so Romania doing well, providing two of the semi-finalists, including the winner Bernadette Sock. Um, so uh, yeah, so interesting, interesting European top twelve. Yeah, certainly. And um, yeah, like you said, it was interesting. Uh, Ovtarov up to number one in the world. Um, a lot of the Chinese players dropping down quite a bit. Um, so it'll be. Interesting to see what happens this year, Alois, and if the Chinese start playing more tournaments and keep their rankings or try to get their rankings back up to where they were previously. Yeah, I'm sure they will. They'll they'll have uh, had, a, had a good look at how the, the system's working now and they will have uh, planned their year and I hope that uh, that will mean that we'll see a, a lot more um, Chinese participation in, on the world tour yeah well let's keep an eye out on that and see what happens um but now it is time for the trill of the week which is the tip of the week and the drill of the week combined what have you got for us this week alloys yeah so our trill of the week this week is let's focus on your serving so um you know a new year uh, let's see uh, which serves that you are going to focus on this year. What are you going to be your go-to serves and the ones that you're going to really focus on uh, to develop this year? Um, and so with that, the drill of the week is some service practice on, but f- just focusing on your maybe two, perhaps three um, go-to serves that you're going to really hone in on um, improving this year. But what I want you to do is I want you to think about the variation in the spin and the placement of those serves. Mm. So this week, um, focus on working out what your um, key serves are, and then let's work on variation of spin and placement. Two simple things that you can vary that can really have a great effect. Um, and and when you're such easy points during the during the year, so it's it's worth it. You know, put let's put some time into your serving now. Yeah, certainly is, Alois. Uh, what, what go-to serves would you have had in your in your time? Um, so I, I basically use the pendulum serve um, almost all the time. Yeah. Um, I used to throw in the high-toss pendulum serve, um, and very rarely I might have gone to the backhand serve. Um, so, but, but when I was young, um, it was basically only backhand serves, pendulum yeah. serve. 
really in favour at that stage. I think, yeah, the backhand serves were very popular at one point, were they? weren't they? And I think they've gone out of favour a bit. So, yeah, I, I think some people might should take a look, especially if they feel comfortable with it, at the backhand serve again. You can get some really good variations of spin, and then you obviously you can control the placement with similar actions. So, yeah, have a think about yeah, that, that if, if you feel comfortable with the backhand. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, Jeff. You know, don't just follow what everyone else is doing with their serving because what happens is that if everyone's doing that serve, everyone gets used to returning that serve. You know, even if your other serve, so you a serve that um, that isn't popular. So at the moment, you know, a lot of players are doing the, the reverse pendulum or the, or the punch serve. Um, if you can find something different, then – you know, maybe you'll just gain a little advantage just because players aren't as used to um, returning that serve. Yeah, good tip. All right, so yeah, get out there on the table and practice your go-to serves. And yeah, make sure you're thinking about variation of spin and placement. Um, I think, yeah, like doing the same serve to someone's backhand and the same serve to their forehand can have totally different results. They might return it easily on one side but struggle on the other, so yeah. Always think about variation. All right, Alois, it is time for the questions. Have you got your thinking cap on? I'll just go and find it. I uh, <laughs> might have lost it over Christmas and New Year's. All right. Well, while I while I read out this first question, you get you find that cap and get it on. Yep, got it, got it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, first question is from Shubham, who says, Hi, Alois and Jeff. Before going to a tournament, there is always a nervous in me are there any tips to calm down and focus so that i can play my natural game yeah shabam so you're definitely not alone so i think every single player that goes and plays in a tournament has similar feelings so it'll be at different levels so some people quite enjoy that um that battle that's coming up some people get really nervous and um and really worried about the results I think the main thing is just your attitude toward the matches. So I want you to think more about, okay, how can I go out there and just play my best table tennis? Not thinking about, am I going to win the tournament, lose the tournament, win this match, lose this match? Because that's way too far into the future. I want you to think about, okay, how am I going to win these next points? How am I going to prepare myself uh, for this point? How am I going to prepare myself for this match rather than thinking, um, okay, how am I going to win the tournament or am I going to win the tournament? Am I going to win the match? So I want you to just think firstly about, okay, how can I play well and how can I prepare myself for this match, this point? Um, and that's that's really important. Um, it's, it's really natural that during a match that your emotional levels will go up a bit higher. So you'll start to get a bit nervous and worried. That's That's natural you need to then start to think about some techniques that are just going to be able to help you to calm yourself down. And it can be, you know, simple things. We've talked about these before, just simple things like um, some breathing techniques, taking a nice deep breath into your, into your belly, um, just using your pre-point routines, pre-match routines. And there's a whole lot of little um, ideas and tricks that you can use that will just help you to just keep things in perspective um, out there on the court. Yeah, great advice, Alois. And it's good, Shabam, that you're kind of realising you're nervous. Um, one of the first steps is just, you know, recognising recognizing how you're feeling. 
Um, and we've got a sports psychology section on the website. And if you take a look at that, I'm sure that'll help you. The first video there is about, you know, recognizing your feelings. And then we delve deeper into some of the stuff Alice was talking about um, in the answer to your question. So, yeah. So it is natural, Shabam. Um, but there are methods and ways to help you. So, yeah. Hopefully, Alois' advice helped you, and make sure to take a look at the sports psychology section of the website. Nice one. All right, next up is a question from Rajguru, who says, uh, he wants to know, how can he smash so that it shouldn't rise up on the opponent's table, so there won't be any time for him to block it? Hmm. Yeah, so so Rajguru, the... the the, the thing that you're trying to do there is you're trying to keep that ball a little bit lower or um, um, or not get the ball to, to bounce too high to give your opponent a, a good look at it, especially if they're back away from the table. So to do that, you need to hit the ball from a little bit lower. Um, if you're hitting that ball way above your head, then it's going to tend to bounce quite high um, for your opponent at the other end. Now, there's a little bit of a trade-off here. The lower you hit it from, the, the less margin for error you have. You've, you might have seen players taking the ball just right off the bounce and smashing it. And that can be really effective because you know, it, um, the ball goes so low and fast. And as you say, it doesn't give, you, give your opponent time to pick it off or to block it. But you're messing with um, a little bit of danger there because you're, you're getting that ball low over the net. So it's just a trade-off, Rajguru. Um, you know, if you hit the ball from really high, it is going to bounce up higher and give your opponent a bit better look at the smash. Um, if you hit the ball from low, um, then you're going to increase your margin or decrease your margin for error. So what we tend to uh, recommend to you is to hit the ball around shoulder height. So around shoulder height you're still going to be able to hit that ball really hard. You've got a reasonable margin for error um, and the ball's not going to bounce up too high. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I guess if, yeah, if someone's lobbing to you, um, as you said, Alice, if you take the ball on the bounce, you're actually taking the ball closer to your opponent. So you're cutting down their time to react as well as, you know, smashing it quite low. And if you take it sort of shoulder height, that's like ideal, as you said, because you, you can still... Um, smash the ball and even if it bounces up a bit higher you can place it well and you, you're most likely going to win the point from there but you wouldn't want to kind of let it bounce rise up and then drop down low because then it's hard for you to hit a powerful shot and you're probably letting your opponent back into the into the rally yeah so take, taking the ball early off the bounce it's a risky shot but can be effective excellent alright great question Raj Guru alright next question is from Hin who says he wants to know about changing bats during a match. He says, if I have two bats, one for offensive play and one for defensive, suppose I was using the offensive bat during the first set and then wanted to use the defensive bat for the second, is it legal to do so? He says, I know it's better to only focus on one play style, but I'm not planning to do the above, but I'm just curious if that's allowed in terms of the rule. Yeah, Hin Cheng. Um, yeah, so basically, no, it's not allowed. So... The only time that you are allowed to change a, your bat is if you damage your bat accidentally. Um, that means, you know, if you, you might have run in and hit it on the table, um, 
and it's snapped or um, you might have gone for a forehand topspin and you've hit the uh, table with the middle of your rubber um, and, and the rubber is damaged. So in those sort of circumstances, yes, you are allowed to change your bat, but you're not allowed to change your bat just because you want to change the style or you 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 think it's not playing well or or uh, or whatever. Um, so yeah, so keep that in mind. And the other thing is, I mean, you just don't want to be changing things up too much um, in the middle of a match, as far as um, your your own touches. Um, as well, so yeah, so stick stick with the one bat because that is the rules. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I like you said, Alice. I think it would be difficult to you know switch from say using normal rubber to a, a long pimpled rubber during a match. Anyway, it's probably not overly beneficial. But um, like you see, tennis players are allowed to change their rackets. I know they don't have quite as many different things, but they can change the tension of their strings and. Um, that's fine. So it's just a curious rule to me. I'm not sure why it's such a big deal if someone really wanted to change their bat. Mm, yeah, I think, I mean, with table tennis, there's just so many different variations of rubber and type, and it's not like just changing the speed of the of the bat. Um, you know, you can change the long pimples or anti-spin or or whatever and, um, and have really different effects. So, yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, you have a player every point, they change up to a different bat. I guess you've got to inspect the bat to see what it is and then, you know, it probably might slow the game down. But, you know, in terms of tactics and stuff, if someone wanted to do it, I thought it'd be all right. But it is not the rules, so you can't do it. Stick with one bat. It is the rules. All right. Next up is a question from Nigel who wants to know about an old bat alloys. He goes, about 30 years ago, I purchased a Steger Offensive Shell Johansson blade. I had something like this. I had a Shell Johansson blade alloys when I was younger, and it had a strange handle that kind of curved out only one way. But anyway, um, Nigel's used this for several years, and he currently uses a T-bar blade, and he also has a Steger all-round as a backup. But he wondered how his old blade would compare to a modern one. He says it seems horribly slow and makes a distinctive high-pitched sound when hitting the ball. It has fairly new new rubbers on it, friendship rubbers on it. But he noticed in earlier posts you have, you've said that you blades can go soft with age. Is it time to throw his old blade out, or can it be improved by sealing it, or should I get a job directing planes at an airport? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Too many point. blades. Just just come in, plane. Go away, plane. <laughs> Um, it, interestingly, Nigel, I think those sort of blades now are coming back into fashion or they're, they're a bit of a collector's item. So I would actually just, um, take a look on eBay or something like that and just see, maybe you might be able to make your millions. You might be able to buy the plane with it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, 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 bats do tend to, or the blades do tend to go a little bit softer. And uh, as you say, you know, technology now is moving on too with um, with blades and they've got different types of woods and things. So um, it's probably nice and sentimental. And, and, I mean, you'll be able to play a reasonable sort of game with it. But uh, you know, maybe maybe you look at uh, your Shell Johansson blade as, a, as your uh, retirement fund or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't plan on that being your only retirement fund, but you know, just as a nice little collector's item, maybe maybe it'll be fine. Maybe that's right. <laughs> yes. Um, 
But um, yeah, you they had are. a blade for a very long time, Alloys. I did. I had a um, uh, an old power drive, butterfly power drive blade that uh, that I used for about twenty years. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, I loved it. Felt really good, and um, yeah, felt comfortable in my hand. So great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think you know, towards the end, it was getting a little bit soft, and certainly lots of chips and and uh, bits missing around the edges. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, very was... well-worn and well-loved blade. That's right. Great to hear. All right. Well, Alois, that wraps up show 302. A uh, big thank you to everyone listening. I hope you all had a great break and uh, are back into the swing of things. Um, I hope you are planning have planned out for your 2018. If you haven't, take a quick look look at our latest blog post uh, on the website. And premium members, we did a live stream uh, about planning for your year. So if you're a premium member and haven't checked that out, make sure you go to the live streams page and and have a look at that. Again, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and thank you, Alloys. Yeah, thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, we'll speak to you soon.